Our mission is to improve the health, the financial security, and the peace of mind of the members and communities that we serve. And we talk about that often, and it's something that we take to heart. Welcome to the Be Epic Podcast, brought to you by the Sam M. Walton College of Business at the University of Arkansas. I'm your host, Brent Williams. Together, we'll explore the dynamic landscape of business and uncover the strategies, insights, and stories that drive business today. Well, today I have with me Curtis Barnett, and Curtis is the president and CEO of Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield. Curtis, thank you for joining me today. Hey, Brent, it's great to be with you. Well, uh, Curtis, we've known each other for some time. You serve on the Dean's Executive Advisory Board at the Samuel Walton College of Business, so thank you for that. Sure, sure, my pleasure. And coming up soon, you'll be moderating the college's Business Forecast Luncheon, and I'm really looking forward to the luncheon on January the 26th. Yeah, I am too, Brent. It's, it's quite an honor to be asked by, by you and, and Mervyn to, uh, to get to be a part of that program. I've been a big fan for a number of years. I've attended in the past and certainly watched during the COVID years as well and have enjoyed the program and know that the people in Northwest Arkansas in particular, but throughout the state of Arkansas, get a lot of value out of that program as well. Absolutely. I think it is uh, one of, if not if not the largest event that the college puts on each year. And uh, if you're listening and haven't attended the Business Forecast Luncheon in the past, it it is, it is quite an event. Uh, it's people from all over the state as attendees, uh, but it's a really great chance to get a perspective on international, domestic, and local economic issues and trends. And I assume you've taken value from those in the past. I have no question. I mean, it, for me, it falls almost perfectly for uh, the annual report that I give to my board of directors and to our, uh, to our members at our annual meeting of members each year. So I take a lot of information that I gather from that meeting and share it is when we think about the economic environment as well as the opportunities that may exist over the next uh, year or two as we look forward. Absolutely. And the, the moderator serves a really important role in this. And it is, it's very intentional that we have a business leader uh, moderating to be able to help put it in context, you know, for the audience and honestly, probably for the forecasters or the economic, uh, economic experts. Sure, sure. Yeah, as I've thought through trends, uh, I keep finding myself looking at it from from my vantage point and uh, and and try to make sure that I'm looking at it more broadly. But mm-hmm. also have to remember, uh, you asked me to do this for a reason, so <laughs> that's right. Uh, hopefully, my vantage point uh, brings value to this as well. Well, and one thing I want us to talk about is what trends are on your mind. Sure. But maybe before that, I'd love for everyone out there to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, like I said, I've gotten a chance to know you for. Uh, for for many years, but you serve as president and CEO of Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield. Maybe that'd be a great place to just start of, you know, the organization and, and the people that you serve. In Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield, this is actually uh, our 75th anniversary wow. of the founding of our company. December 3rd, to be more precise, is, is when we celebrated that. And uh, we're very honored to, to have an opportunity to serve our Kansans as well as uh, people from outside the state of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. We serve uh, about 2 million members nationally. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people may not be aware of that. Uh, 
A lot of that membership comes uh, with some of the national account customers that we're able to help uh, provide services to. Uh, we have a little over 3,000 employees, uh, have mm-hmm. a corporate center here in Little Rock, uh, one in northwest Arkansas as well, in Springdale mm-hmm. that we opened uh, nearly three years ago now, as well as welcome centers and regional offices in seven other parts of our state. So truly are a statewide company and one that's committed to not only helping our members, but also uh, we do our absolute best to be ingrained in the communities that we served as well. Because mm-hmm. your mission, I know, is to promote health across the state. That's right. Our mission is to improve the health, the financial security, and the peace of mind of the members and communities that we serve. And we talk about that often, and it's something that we take to heart, and it's something that, that our employees are very proud to serve. Well, thank you for the way you invest in our state and in the communities around the state. Uh, tell us a little bit about your career journey, because uh, one doesn't just land uh, in the uh, president and CEO job. Well, I've been lucky. I was uh, elected uh, CEO in 2017, but this is actually my 30th year with, wow. with the company as wow. well. So just uh, celebrated 30 years. And uh, it's one that I uh, never necessarily expected, but it's flown by the blink of an eye. It's moved that quickly. And Unfortunately, you know, throughout my career, I was able to work in a lot of different parts of our company and started out working in, in communities, you know, working closely with uh, large employers, primary care physicians, hospital administrators, mainly in rural parts of our state. Okay. In, a pro, in a product at the time that we had called the Primary Care Network product. And uh, I worked in about eight different cities in northeast Arkansas, southwest Arkansas, and would meet with these uh, groups of, of individuals, large employers, again, primary care doctors and, and, and hospital administrators, and work on ways that we could help manage costs and provide good quality health care in those local communities, in towns like Osceola, mm-hmm. towns like Batesville, which you're familiar with, mm-hmm. uh, Ashdown, uh, DeQueen, places like that. And and it really gave me a love not only for our business, but a love and even greater appreciation for the people of our state mm-hmm. and the challenges that they deal with every day to provide good, affordable health health care in those communities. Mm-hmm. You know, one, one thing you said there uh, that I think is interesting that many might not think about, you know, for a company like Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield is that you're working with not only your members, you're working with hospital systems, providers, community stakeholders. There, there's a lot of stakeholders to what you do. Oh, no question about that. And, and we're so dependent on one another that you really the success overall is how well that you can work together and how well you can collaborate together. And that doesn't always show through. And in many cases, uh, you know, we find ourselves at odds on different types of issues. But at the end of the day, when we're sitting down with hospital leaders, uh, physician leaders, we find ourselves much more often than not working toward a common goal. Mm-hmm. So you worked in rural areas of the state, and then I, I assumed that continued to evolve. That did, and uh, and uh, was promoted from there. Worked in our product development area for a period of time. Uh, got to be the business lead in our pharmacy division, managed okay. pharmacy division, and that was a period of time when. You really saw um, direct consumer advertising begin to take off in the mm-hmm. pharmaceutical industry. So a lot of demand for prescription drugs at that time. So we were trying to manage the demand for those drugs with uh, with the, uh, the the cost implications of that as well. And how do we go be- about doing that? So that was a fascinating period of time. And then in the late 1990s, around 2000, uh, we had a... Um, 
a, a part of our business that was going through a systems conversion, getting ready for Y2K. You remember when that was a big deal? <laughs> I do. And, and was struggling with that. And uh, the company asked me if I would take that division over and, uh, and, and maybe uh, help be involved with turning that around. And that was really a turning point for my career. Mm. And it was a, a turning point in many ways uh, for my life as well, because that was the first opportunity I had to lead a large group of people. So mm-hmm. I had about 125 or so people who reported up to me at that time, which seemed very large, especially at that time. And uh, we were going through a difficult time, but uh, uh, it was long days, a lot of hours, but it was one of those that was so rewarding because we mm-hmm. turned it around and we made that organization uh, even better than what it had been before and really set it on a on a path to be successful in the future. And that was a, a great time. And that sort of launched you into the next phase it of did. your career? It did. It, it did. Uh, I continued to be involved with the, the operations part of our company, which when you think of a a payer, a health plan like ours, that's a lot of claims processing, customer service, mm-hmm. membership support, a lot of our information systems and technology areas. So at one point before I became CEO, I had ha- over half of our 3,000 employees reported up to me. So okay. really have been involved in the people side of our business, the technology side as well, but mm-hmm. very much grounded in the people side of our business throughout mm-hmm. my career, which has been very rewarding. Yeah. Well, you know, in getting to interact with you, I think probably every time that, I, that I've talked with you one-on-one, I hear you talk about your people uh, and how important that is to you as a leader. Oh, there's no question. I mean, it, it really is everything uh, to our company. I mean, we talk every day about the human side of healthcare, mm-hmm. and certainly technology mm-hmm. is important, and we want to be best in class in technology and aspire to be as good as we possibly can. But at the end of the day, the human side of healthcare is what makes the difference. And mm-hmm. so we stress that on an ongoing basis. Uh, you know, we love our members. We think our employees are key to, to serving our members effectively. Uh, employee engagement is a big part of, of uh, one of the biggest metrics that we look at. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been very lucky over the years to build a culture that really uh, reinforces employee engagement. And mm-hmm. we just got our results back, matter of fact, in the last couple of weeks. And uh, once again, uh, with the benchmarks that we do, we finished among the top 10% of employers nationally in, health, in employee engagement scores. And that's wow. something we're very proud of. Absolutely. As you should be. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as you, you know, think of, about moderating and think about, you know, the audience that typically attends, you know, our business forecast lunch, and again, businesses from throughout the state, sure. you know, I'd love to pick your brain a little bit about, you know, some of the things that you're thinking about, maybe you don't have fully informed opinions on or fully developed opinions on, I should say. Um, and maybe I'll just start with healthcare. You sure, know, um, sure. it, it's the area that you're focused in very, very important to our Kansans. Just as you're looking at the the state of healthcare and what's coming, any anything on your mind? Well, I think when you look at healthcare, you know, probably the biggest challenge we face today is around a shortage of providers. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing it in physicians and nurses and other professionals as well. So, you know, are we doing the things that we need to be doing at this point to really mm-hmm. shore up our uh, our supply of, of providers going forward, especially when you look at over the next five or 10 years? The pandemic took a took a huge toll on, uh, you know, employee participation rates in, in, in those areas. And it's one that we've got to continue to, to, to shore up and improve as we look to the future, and especially when you think about 
uh, health care going forward, uh, aging population. Mm-hmm. When you look at the health status, that unfortunately, uh, if it's not getting worse, it's certainly not getting any better either. And mm-hmm. so we're going to need a robust uh, workforce going forward in health care in order to be successful. So that's one area I'd like, of course, to spend a little bit of time on. Mm-hmm. I think another area is, uh, you know, we recently a lot of uh, attention paid to um, uh, the lithium d- deposits in South yeah. Arkansas and mm-hmm. lithium extraction and, and uh, ExxonMobil's, their, their announcement in the last couple of weeks. And uh, when you think about Arkansas and you think about what's been going on in northwest Arkansas for really the last many years with the mm-hmm. boom that's occurred there and the economic uh, strength of that region, northeast Arkansas with uh, steel industry and, mm-hmm. and uh, Mississippi County in particular, Fort Smith, you know, which has been improving over the last several years, but now is ready, I think, to even take another big jump with mm-hmm. a pilot training program that's mm-hmm. going to be offered uh, through the, through the, with the Air Force and all in that community. And now South Arkansas, I think mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are describing that, that we're in that, we could be in a golden age of economic development here in the state. And I'd like for us to maybe spend a little bit of time talking about that. And do our panelists agree that mm-hmm. we are in that golden age and if we are, or even if, especially if we aren't, what are a couple of actions that we can take to make sure that we do continue to move mm-hmm. forward the way that we can and take advantage of this momentum? Yeah, you know, I, I agree that Arkansas seems really well positioned across the state in many ways. Um, you know, you mentioned all of those different areas. You know, we also see tourism and outdoor recreation no growing. We see the arts growing. So it is an interesting time in Arkansas. It is. It is. And then what conversation wouldn't complete, be complete in this day and age without talking about AI <laughs> <You know>, to, <laughs> to some extent? I, mean, uh, I think we're now we're just a little bit over a year since uh, ChatGPT you know, was released. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you think about the attention that uh, AI and especially generative AI have gotten over the last year. And uh, I'd, I'd like for our panelists to talk a little bit about how they see that uh, really impacting uh, our economy and then which mm-hmm. industries they feel like are best positioned at this point to, to really maximize and, and optimize productivity as it relates mm-hmm. to AI. Yeah, I think that will be an interesting discussion. And, and particularly, you know, there's always this balance, right, of productivity and That's potential right. job loss. I know you know, I have my own thoughts about the way that technology tends to disrupt, but it tends to grow, you know, the economy. But That's certainly right. there's, there's different views and opinions on that. That's right. That's right. I think you and I have talked before and it's something that we talk again about within our company at Arkansas Blue Cross. is How do we find that harmony? You know, mm-hmm. That harmony between, yeah. be, again, being human focused and then technology. And I think with, with AI and the potential that it brings, it's going to be even more incumbent upon us to find that sweet spot and mm-hmm. that balance that you're talking about. I suspect one thing uh, that we will hear at least something about is what's happening with inflation and the way that, you know, maybe it's slowed down, but certainly it's something I'm sure you've been paying attention to. We have, you know, very closely. And when you look at, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the job market still tends to be very strong right now. Uh, we do see inflation, I think, continuing to come down. Uh, you know, economic growth uh, tends to continue to be positive. But, 
you know, there are a lot of indicators out there that would give you some cause for concern. And certainly uh, for those uh, companies that are in the transportation industry, they've seen, you know, freight mm-hmm. recession. We've heard that quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, referenced over the last uh, six to nine months. And if you think of that as a leading indicator, then what does that mean for the general economy at some point? Yeah, that's that is exactly right. You know, I think um, also interest rates will probably come up, if I had to guess. <laughs> That's something we can all uh, identify with, <laughs> yeah. and uh, exactly, I think it will, no yeah. question. And just the the overall uh, tightening of the money supply, and mm-hmm. what does that mean for economic activity going forward? Yeah, and, and certainly I assume there will be some discussion about, you know, uh, predicting the Fed's next moves, which uh, <laughs> many, many like to do. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> it can be a little hard to <laughs> predict, but certainly... That's clearly have, having an effect and will continue no to have a, no an question. effect. No question. As well as, I mean, you just think about the geopolitical situation yeah. around the world right now. We have two wars that are being fought. You know, we've got our uh, challenges, uh, certainly in our relationship with China, between China and the United States. And so how is that going? You know, here recently we've had some uh, maybe attempts to thaw that relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if those are beginning to take hold. And then really you think about coming out of the pandemic and a lot of countries, the United States included, really uh, took a more proactive uh, view of industrial policies. Mm -hmm. And so, again, how can you uh, build a more resilient economy within your own country and and be able to produce more things there? And we certainly are seeing that in the U.S. with the semiconductor industry uh, uh, funds going there. And so what has been the impact of that, not only in our country, but also Uh, globally as well. So I think there's plenty to talk about. And uh, I don't don't know that there's ever been a more time when you think about economic uh, conditions and issues, as well as the political environment, where these things come together in such an impactful way. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, (laughs) there is a lot happening out there, right? And, And disentangling those things is not always easy and maybe not even always possible because they do interact with one another. But, you know, if you think about, you know, we've talked about inflation and We've, we've talked about interest rates. They've been moving. You just mentioned geopolitically, you know, lots of things happening right. across the world that have both short and long-term That's right. impacts to them. And then I suspect, you know, it'll be um, January 2024. We're uh, in an election cycle <laughs> next year domestically, right? So you put put that all together. Well, not only do you have what's the, our own election here in the United States, but it seems like I read recently two-thirds of the Democratic the nations of the world will be going through an election in 2024. So mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of, uh, of uh, political activity, again, that's going to influence things economically throughout the world during this time period. Curtis, as a, as a CEO, um, you know, when you think about, right, these are broad issues that are happening across the world. And, and this, is, this is why this moderator's role is so important. How, do, how, does, a, how does a CEO leader of an Arkansas company uh, how do you distill that and think about it, and then how do you bring it, you know, into your company and either use it actionably or communicate it, you know, correctly to the organization? Yeah, that's a great question, Brent. And it's something that, that I feel like is one of the most important jobs of a CEO is to really be that link to the outside world, the external world, and to take this information. And certainly you always need, you know, good good support from your your leadership team to be able to do this, but to take that information and to begin to distill it in such a way that it can be of value within your organization. Uh, you know, we spent quite a bit of time, just as an example, earlier this year, 
watching obviously very closely uh, the um, you know Congress and, and would they approve a, a budget you know mm-hmm. going forward? What are the implications for our business? And we have to be thinking about that. You know, mm-hmm. in, in healthcare, what happens if uh, certain types of payments get suspended or other issues begin to take shape? What does that do? You know, we have an investment portfolio, you know, mm-hmm. that we rely upon for for income. And so what happens to that? So you begin, you know, modeling and thinking through all those issues. And, and again, it's an important part of, of my job, I feel like, is, okay, what is, you know, where do you, do you really focus when there are so many different things out there that, that could distract you if you're not careful? So, Curtis, uh, you know, as CEO, I know you're spending some of your time thinking, you know, you've got to manage to the quarter and the and annually. You're thinking five, ten years out. Um, how do you kind of balance that in your role? Yeah, and Brett, that's a great question. And, and you know, what I try to do um, is, uh, is, 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 is balance is a great way to say it. And it probably is a little bit seasonal as well. And especially uh, first quarter of the year, mm-hmm. you know, again, thinking much more uh, longer term at that point. And not just looking, you know, the rest of the year, but again, that three to five, ten year uh, time period. Uh, spend quite a bit of time uh, other parts of the year as well thinking through that. We have our, our board. We bring them together for a, a dedicated retreat session in the summer. Spend a lot of time getting ready for that as well. So if I had to ballpark mm-hmm. it on time, I'd say probably, I don't know, 40% or so of my time is really spent yeah. thinking out in the future like that. Well, one thing I really like about the the forecast luncheon is there's some there's some near term information, That's right. and then there's certainly some longer term information, and so you kind of get a you get a view geographically, local, domestic, international, but then you also get it over time horizons That's as right. well. That's right. You know, one thing I've enjoyed doing is I get the uh, again I do provide each March a. Um, we're really actually required through our bylaws to provide a annual report to mm-hmm. our members and to our directors. And uh, so as I'm working on the one for this year, I always go back and look at the previous years. So how right was I, basically, is what I'm trying to get at. And I'm pretty good. I'm pre- <laughs> a I would pretty say, good forecast. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm great, but I'm pretty good. I, I hit it more times than not. And and it's amazing uh, when you look at that. And, uh, and sometimes it's just a matter of degree. Things that you really thought were going to be, you know, uh, significant issues, uh, they turn out to be an issue, but not quite... Mm. As, as much as you thought, but then those that kind of sneak up on you as well. So it's always interesting and, and helpful to go through that exercise and, and, and that process because, again, my role is to help interpret that for the rest of our organization. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think that that's so much of the value that, right. that really comes out of the business forecast luncheon. And you know, another thing that I think we'll we'll get to see is there there's some real localized issues uh, that we'll discuss. One of which, you know, in Northwest Arkansas particularly, uh, is housing right. and, and availability of housing and affordability of housing. And I think probably that affordability is is something that stretches across every region of Arkansas. That's right. There's no question. And you know, not only are uh, we a statewide employer, I mean, we have a significant uh, employee presence in Northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So we hear that from our employees. We'd like to have even more employees up in Northwest Arkansas as well. But one of the challenges that we do run into is affordable housing. So we mm-hmm. know that the business leadership, the Northwest Arkansas Council, others have made housing a priority. You know, we're certainly supportive of that and glad to play any role that we can to help make that happen. But 
that is one that's going to be critical, we think, in order for that region to continue to grow the way that it has and really be all that it can be going forward. Absolutely. Well, Curtis, thank you for agreeing to be our moderator. Uh, I know you'll do a fantastic job, and uh, I really look forward to uh, getting to hear the international perspective, uh, the domestic perspective. I'm a little biased. The the statewide perspective with Mervyn is usually my favorite. He tends to be one of the most entertaining. <laughs> well, Mervyn is quite the talent. There's no question. So, so Brent, again, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you again so much for uh, for allowing me to, to serve in that capacity, and, and I can't wait. Me either. All right. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of the Walton College, thank you for joining us for this captivating conversation. To stay connected and never miss an episode, simply search for Be Epic on your preferred podcast service.